Hello everyone, I'd like to welcome you to Rad Real Estate. Each episode you'll join me while I do a deep dive into various topics related to selling and buying real estate. I'll talk about the state of the market, how to negotiate a contract, getting a home ready to sell, what to look for when buying, how to buy with a builder and what to expect from them, what's in the economic news, market trends, and how it all relates to real estate. I'm your host, Richard Dombrowski, and this is Rad Real Estate. Well, hello folks, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Rad Real Estate. What's happening in the news? My goodness, everyone's talking about Ian, of course. Hurricane Ian, one of the top five costliest storms in U.S. history. Uh, the, the costs are around $75 billion, they're estimating. Now, to give you a little perspective, Katrina was about $161 billion, which was huge. But $75 billion is nothing to sneeze at. I believe that that number is going to go way up from there because so much of the damage hasn't even been assessed yet. And you have all of the additional expenses of the uh, infrastructure, roads and things like that, that need to be put back in place and rebuilt. Um, But what does having a storm like Ian mean for the Florida real estate market? Well, I believe that it's going to have an enormous amount of impact. First of all, it's going to really take a toll on the construction industry in the whole state. Because what happens when you have a a storm like Ian or Katrina is that it becomes a vacuum of resources. So those areas, because they're in such great need, are willing to pay higher prices for let's say, lumber, shingles, drywall, paint, all of those things that go into rebuilding. And because they're willing to pay more money, lots of the resources are directed there. So you have um, materials that are going to be delivered there because the higher prices are going to be paid. You're going to have vendors and workers, laborers, all going down there because not only are they paid a higher wage, a really, really good wage, but they're also um, given accommodations. You can stay in a hotel. Now, this doesn't happen with everyone by any means, but a lot of the folks down there need a place to stay. So the insurance companies and the companies that are doing all this rebuilding are going to say, oh, come on down. We'll give you a place to live while you're here. Um, So you're going to have that increase in labor costs, increase in material costs. Um, You're going to have a reduction in the local trade workers throughout the rest of the state. Um, This area that was affected, by the way, is Marco Island, Naples, Fort Myers, Fort Myers Beach, Sanibel, Captiva, all those areas, and and a bit inland from there too. Now, winds stayed high all the way through Orlando and across the state. In fact, I live here in the Tampa Bay area, and I decided to relocate or to evacuate uh, 
with my sick dog to Orlando. Unfortunately, right in the path of Ian. I would have been better off staying here in Tampa, but I didn't. I was uh, trying to make the best decision based on where the the um, weather folks were saying it was going to make landfall. And if it did make landfall just north of Tampa, Tampa would have been right in the crosshairs of the highest winds and so forth. So in any event, got to got to experience a hurricane coming through with, I think our winds got up to 96 miles per hour, which is pretty amazing. Um, the uh, Washington Post did a great article talking about uh, Hurricane Ian and all of the effects. So it's like Hurricane Ian by the numbers. Um, so far, sadly, 89 deaths and counting. That number was uh, updated today. It was 69 deaths as of uh, uh, 24 hours ago. Uh, I'm sure that that number is going to climb. Just such a sad, sad situation. Um, we also have the uh, uh, the number of flights that were canceled, really amazing because you, you just don't think about that. You think about the storm coming in and you think about all the effects that it's going to have on the ground. But 2,000 flights were canceled on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So 6,000 flights all together that, uh, that were canceled as a result of that storm. Pretty crazy. 2.5 million evacuation orders. So think about that. You got to move 2.5 million households, if you will, out of the area. Uh, 2.5 million is a lot. Now, to give you some perspective there, when Irma came through in 2017 and was coming right up the center of the state from south to north, uh, there were 7 million evacuation orders. And met, it was the, the largest evacuation in, in, I believe, world history. So 7 million people. So there are only two major roadways that run here in Florida. One is I-95, which handles north and south traffic on the east coast. And then you have I-75 that handles north and south traffic on the west coast. They were both backed up. Little side note. Think about all of this push to electric vehicles, okay? And you're on I-75, I-95, or wherever you are in the country. And you're on that road for hours and hours because it is just backed up with people trying to evacuate. Well, now you're sitting there for three hours with your with your electric vehicle. And I'm not talking about hybrids here. I'm talking about exclusively electric vehicles and your car dies the batteries wear out then what do you do now you're on the side of the road and you got no way to charge those batteries so just just a little side note i was thinking about um there were 3.4 million plus power outages now i can tell you making that trek from the tampa area to orlando i saw on the way there i saw lots of power trucks from all areas of the southeast, northeast, midwest, other states were coming to help us out, and they were 
staging here to be able to do so quickly. Um, and then on the way back, even more. So I know that, that um, there was a large concerted, coordinated effort to get power back up. And power is up in most of the areas of Florida. Still some that aren't, but they're getting there. Um, there's $60 billion in insured losses. So that, that's going to mean just terrible things for the Florida market from an insurance perspective. Um, in fact, I was, I was called by one of my clients la, um, last week. No, the week before last. So Ian was, um, I don't remember if it was named or not yet. But it was a storm brewing and everyone was talking about it and that it was going to be coming up to the Florida area. This client of mine called me and said they were canceled by their homeowner's insurance company. And what could I make a referral for them to get insurance crazy situation? But that's what happens with these insurance companies. They know what it's going to, what it's going to do to their bottom line. I mean, they're just going to be paying out, paying out, paying out because how do you avoid that? You you have catastrophic loss here. So you have these insurance companies that are, it, this is going to decimate insurance companies. I mean, it was $60 billion. Now, I know these insurance companies make a ton of money. They do. and uh, But they're about all about making money. They're not about giving money out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, uh, this, this, Ian, made three different landfalls. So if you think about that, Cuba was hit first, and then it hit um, uh, Costa Caya, which, or I'm sorry, Caya Costa, Florida, which is right there by Sanibel and Captiva, and just came right across, and then crossed the state, and then hit Georgetown, South Carolina. So um, when it hit the U.S., winds were 150 plus miles per hour. When it hit uh, Georgetown, South Carolina, winds were at 85 miles an hour, which is pretty significant. I mean, 85 miles an hour is nothing to sneeze at. 150, much, much more challenging, but 85 is still pretty bad. Um, it was the fifth strongest storm in U.S. history. Um, pretty, pretty amazing. It had 150 miles an hour. There were six hurricanes that have hit the Gulf in the last six years. I mean, how amazing is that? One per year on average. Of course, there was Harvey and Irma in 2017, Michael in 2018, Laura in 2020, Ida in 2021, and Ian in 2022. So Harvey had 130 mile an hour winds. Laura back, um, when was Laura in 2020 had uh, 150 mile an hour winds, and so did Ida, and Ida was last year. Um, what else? Michael had 160 mile an hour winds. Good grief. Ian had 150 mile an hour winds, as we mentioned, and Irma had 130 mile an hour winds when it came up through the center of the state, hitting the Keys first. So pretty, pretty crazy six years. Um, all big storms, big storms. Um, what else do we have? We had a 18 foot storm surge. Imagine that. 
I'm sure that many of you have seen the videos of the waves hitting these uh, landmarks and restaurants and homes and tossing boats and cars around like they're little toys. It is just devastating and utterly amazing the power of this water coming in. So if you think about an 18-foot storm surge, homes, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you w- what all of them are and, you know, what the elevation of them, but I know that a couple of homes ago that I lived in, I lived right on a freshwater lake that led to a saltwater canal out into Tampa Bay. I, If I went to my second story, I could see Tampa Bay over the homes across the street. My home was built just over nine feet uh, elevation. That means that uh, my home wasn't elevated nine feet, but on the ground, it was at at a nine-foot elevation above sea level. So an 18-foot storm surge would leave nine feet of water in my home. My ceilings were only 10 feet tall. So that meant that I would have had nine feet of water, one foot of space between the water and the ceiling. Just devastating, unbelievable. And 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 you see the pictures and... and you add insult to injury and throw almost 22 inches of rain on the top of that. Now, the bulk of that rain, I mean, you you have probably seen it down there in southwest Florida. But when I was in Orlando, we got 21.1 or 21.2 inches of rain in Orlando. Uh, luckily, I was in an area that, that was a bit higher from an elevation standpoint. So other areas not too far from where I was, they had waist deep water, chest deep water on the ground, evacuating homes. Amazing to get that much water in a 36 hour period of time. So you, like I said, you add insult to injury. So you have all of this storm surge and the 150 mile an hour winds, and then you're going to get dumped on with 21 or 22 inches of rain. It, it's just incredible, incredible, really. Um, lots of lightning strikes as a result of the storm, which you could expect. I've seen some video of that too, hitting uh, lightning, hitting trees, and starting them on fire. So, just, just it, it seems cataclysmic. It seems biblical. Um, there were um, thirty-four thousand lightning events that were recorded in the storm. That's pretty amazing. Believe it or not, we still have two months left of our hurricane season. Let's just hope and pray that this was the end of it. Um, pretty amazing uh, to, to have lived through that and, and seen it once again here in Florida. Um, I think that, again, how this affects Florida is land availability. So you think about these homes that were just decimated. They were taken down, down to their to their slab foundation. And so what's going to happen with them? Well, they're going to have to figure out if they take the insurance money and rebuild. But many of these people are going to say, you know, uh, uncle, I'm done. I'm going to move on. I'll take the money. I'll go build something somewhere else, which is going to leave some land availability. Because the 
prices are almost at their peak, so insurance companies are going to be forced to pay out claims that are pretty darn high. And then the land value is still great land value. In spite of all of this, people are still going to want to live on the coast. And the construction building codes are going to require that what you build is going to withstand sustained winds of X, 130 miles an hour, uh, 30 miles an hour, 140 miles an hour, 150 miles an hour. I don't, I don't know what that code will be, but I can assure you, you'll have to build your home up. So it'll either be stilted or you'll build, build on a, um, uh, pilings that are your foundation. So you park underneath and you're up at least X number of feet, nine or 10 feet, I would imagine. Uh, still wouldn't have held fast against a 18-foot storm surge um, to keep water out, but it would have been better than if your home was built on the ground. Um, so I think that there may be some opportunities for some newer, bigger, better um, constructed homes on places like uh, Pine Island and Fort Myers Beach, Sanibel Captiva, Naples, and so forth. Um, so look for that. Uh, insurance companies are going to be leaving, as I mentioned. Um, the interesting thing about the way insurance works in this crazy market is that if you have flood insurance, let's say you don't have flood insurance, but you have insurance against the effects of a hurricane. If your windows blow out, if your roof blows off, if you your siding blows off, landscaping, all that kind of stuff because of winds, that's all covered. If you are, if your windows blow out and the rain rains into your home and the storm surge comes, storm surge is not considered hurricane related, it's flood related. So if you didn't have flood insurance, those types of things, the results of the flood, flooding waters are not covered. Amazing. Now, I'm sure there are exceptions in the way that policies are written, but I can tell you that by and large, that's how these insurance companies will get away with not paying large parts of claims that are, that are filed. My goodness, it will take time to figure all this out. Now, here's the other thing. If you have a, a pool and you have a screen enclosure, your deductible for your homeowner's insurance is typically the amount of money that it would cost to replace your screen enclosure. Why? Well, because the insurance companies know that that's going to be something that's going to be a loss. So they want you to cover that cost and not them. So, yeah. So now what's happening is these pool companies are building bigger, better uh, screen enclosures that can withstand more sustained winds that the screens will blow out because you don't want your screens being too much of a resistance against the wind because then it'll tear up your screen enclosure. I've seen videos of that too where it just looks like spaghetti when it's all said and done. Uh, amazing. Amazing. So far reaching for a storm like Ian that comes through in you know, 24 hours and, and does all of this damage and wreaks havoc on the state amazing that this is all happening and i'm and i'm uh, really interested to see 
you know, if, if what I think is going to happen with all of this is, uh, is going to come to fruition. But listen, it's not all bad news. There is great, great news out there too. People lending a hand. There's a, there's a veterinary clinic here in the Tampa area, Gregory Veterinary Clinic, and they are collecting pet supplies and bringing them down to the Fort Myers area where some of these clinics, these, um, these uh, veterinary clinics down there have been hit very hard. Or you have people with pets that are going to their, to their veterinarian and saying, what, what can I do? I lost my dog's bed or my dog's food and I can't get it or I can't afford it or what have you. So they're making a trip down there to bring some much needed supplies. You don't even think about that. And lots of other other things. I know that um, several companies in this market have brought down generators and and clothing and other kinds of supplies. So so there's incredible examples of humanity out there. And I love to see that. I really do. Uh, but listen, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, I appreciate it very much. I'm hoping that you tune in next time when we're talking about buying a home what to look for, Um, talking about uh, new construction or existing homes. Um, The market is shifting, so we have lots to talk about. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.